the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oral Sessions. You're probably asking yourself, who is this? Because this obviously is not the soothing, sultry sound of Renee. But it is a fellow Canadian. My name is Chelsea Green. I'm going to be filling in for the new mama today. I'm super excited. I'm um, not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous. I feel like I have some big shoes to fill. But most people know me as a wrestler. But my passion has always been speaking, I guess. So... I asked Renee if I could help her host a little bit, and she gave me this episode to play with. So you guys, I decided to bring on a guest that I felt the most comfortable with, someone that I could get the dirty deets out of, and he would still go to sleep with me at night. Um, You might know him as the $1,000 broski. The major, no, what is it? You don't even know my catchphrases? Wait, wait, wait. Let me think about it. The $1,000 broski. Yeah. The Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting. Okay. My cat daddy. Sure. My fiance. My future husband. Internet champion, always ready, all that stuff. Possibly baby daddy. I don't know about that. (laughs) Matthew Cardona. It's just Matt, but what's up, Jels? Hey, baby. Thanks for This is uh, incredibly awkward. Why? Because Renee never asked me to do her podcast, and now I'm doing it, but she's not the host. You are. Now, I don't know what you're going to ask me. I saw you Googling me last night, so I'm a little nervous <laughs> no, about this. I know. That's the funny thing. I was, I was really nervous because I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't interview people. Like, I like to talk. I have a podcast, Green with Envy podcast, um, and nice Major Land, Major yes, Land yes, podcast. Yes. But I was nervous because I feel like interviewing is a whole different skill. So I wanted to try to flex that. So I had to do my research on you. <laughs> well, you don't even know my nickname. So. <laughs> no, I did. Okay. I just got nervous. Okay. Okay. So I want to jump right into things. I want to talk about relationship stuff. Is yeah. This, is this therapy? <laughs> I, thought, I thought therapy was Thursday. <laughs> no, I want to talk, talk about relationship okay. stuff. So my first question is, did you ever think you were going to end up with a fellow wrestler? My rule was no dating wrestlers. Stop. That was my rule for so many years. No It way. never ends well. Uh, I mean, back in the day, it didn't. Now there's so many relationships. It's like not as messy now. Right, right, right. Okay, that's funny because I said the same thing. Well, mm-hmm. you knew that. I never, ever wanted to date a wrestler, and I never dated a wrestler until you. You were my first. That's what you say. What the fuck? <laughs> you were my first, last, and only wrestler, but okay. I was not your first, last. Well, I was your last. Last. I wasn't your only. So you've Let's made go to this, the next question. No, you've made this mistake a couple times. Okay. So you really didn't think. Practice makes perfect. Okay. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So what do you think the biggest difference is between dating a regular civilian? Because you've dated regular people while you've been a wrestler. Right. So what's the difference between dating a regular person and dating a wrestler? Well, a wrestler gets it. They understand if you can't go to this wedding or you can't go to this party. Uh, yeah. A normal person might not understand why they have to go to this wedding alone or why this vacation is canceled last minute. But a wrestler totally understands and probably has to cancel plans on you too. So Okay, so I agree with that. But what do you think the downfalls are of dating someone in the same industry as you? I, I, really, I don't think this podcast is long enough for stuff like that. I really do think that <laughs> overall it's, it's pretty positive. It's like an actor dating an actor. Yeah, you just get it. 
Right, right. But there's got to be like some negatives. I can think of some negatives. Well, I mean, you know, if you're on different shows, different schedules, different promotions, that could be a problem. Oh, interpromotional Well, I don't mean like that kind of drama. I'm just saying like you're not together as much. You're not home together. You're not on the road together. So that could be weird. Okay. So like when we first started dating and I was at Impact and you were at WWE, you're talking like that. Yeah, but not so much that we were in different places that the schedule didn't really match up. That's definitely hard. And especially because I do feel like it's not a team sport. So you're just looking out for yourself to an extent, right? Like you have to look out for yourself in order to succeed. So you've got to go and do those shows or you've got to go and do those appearances. But I think one thing that we have done so well is we don't really bring work home. Yes, we talk yeah. about it every once in a while, but I don't care about your storyline pitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't care about like this movie you want to try. And as, as long as we keep that stuff out, I think we'll both be happier. I agree. And a lot of people ask me that. Do we talk about wrestling like in our free time? Or someone asked me the other day, do we actually wrestle at home? And yeah. And I was like, no, actually we're like the total opposite. Like, I feel like we, first of all, I feel like the first two years of our relationship, we really didn't speak about wrestling at all. Like, I think when I was turning into the hot mess, we literally never spoke about that because we were just starting to date. I'd rather, you know, know about Chelsea, the person more than Chelsea, the character. I like now, if you have like a question or something like that, I'll answer it. Or if I have something I want to run by you, I'll ask you. But like, typically, like, I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't want to know like, oh my God, she was wearing blue and now I have blue. I I do say that. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't care. And and not like in a mean way, not in a malicious way. I just genuinely don't care. And I don't want to waste our precious time talking about stuff like that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Okay. So you obviously love toys. Yes. The major rest of your podcast, a little plug ski for that. Action figures. Yeah. Were you nervous to tell not just me, but all of your previous girlfriends that you were um, a toy hoarder? A hoarder is not the word. (laughs) Um, Like back in the day, it wasn't so much accepted. You watch 40-year-old virgin, the guy is a legit virgin and he has these figures on display and it's not cool. Now it's so cool. At least I think it is. And I don't don't care what anybody thinks, especially like with you, you were, you met me when I was first moving into this house in Orlando. So I didn't have this giant toy room yet. I was kind of building it. It's not like you walked into a room and it was just wall right. to wall to wall to wall. I saw wall it figures. slowly come right, together. Right. How do you tell a girl that you're a collector? Because see, for me, again, like I came over and you were like kind of setting up the room and we built the shelves together and we made a date out of it. And I didn't know what it was going to be. Right. But I'm assuming that in previous states that you lived in, you had. Yeah. I mean, like in high school and in college, I legit kept it all on display in my closet. And like that was hidden. In your that was my like little safe space. But and now then you could shut the doors. Right. It was like a sliding door. And oh you open it up, gosh. it was like, and I had lights in there. It was Wait, nice on display. You open it up and you're like, oh. Something like that. Oh yeah. God. And just now, like, I, I don't know. I just don't care what people think. So right. if not necessarily you, but a girl is not going to want to date me because I have all these action figures, then I don't want to date her. So when do you think your love of action figures first started? Oh, when I was a kid, like, 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 like right every kid. Birth. Yeah. I just never grew out of it. You know, there's so everyone loves toys as a kid. Everyone well, agreed. But even speaking to your mom, your mom said that you were crazy right from the get. Well, like, I, I, I'm like, like six you know, I was a completist. I, I needed everybody. Yeah. You know, if it's like the, the Hasbro wrestling figures, you can't like not get Skinner. You got to get everybody. Skinner. <laughs> I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. So it's a wrestler. Okay. So right out of the womb. You love, sure. I, I just, so you collect you, them all. You've always been, a, a, what did you call it? A completist? 
I'm not so much a completist now because there's so much stuff, but back then for sure, like I wanted everyone in the set. And if, you know, there was, you know, Hulk Hogan with a tank top, Hulk Hogan without the tank top, I need both. <laughs> what about when you were younger and, you know, say you're in middle school or high school and, and you're, you've got an anniversary with a girlfriend. Did they ever try to buy you toys or were you just no, like, don't no, even try? No, that, at that point I was almost in denial and like, I was not proud to be a collector. I'd go to Toys R Us and ask for a gift receipt. So people, you know, the people, the cashier didn't think I was some teenager playing with toys. Really? Yeah. I was really protective of my image. <laughs> Wait, that's <laughs> I love that. I didn't know these questions about you because I've never asked, like, I don't know. I just feel like I know things about you. So then when I was making up these questions, I was like, what don't I know? Or what do I know? But I think is interesting. And like, the well, whole- you don't know Skinner. No, I have no idea who that is. But the whole like, oh, action figure thing, I don't know. So you came out of the womb loving toys and being a completist. Sure. <laughs> but what about wrestling? When Always think- loved wrestling. People ask all the time, what was the first match you saw? The first toy? I don't remember. Every, but, like, every memory, memory. I don't know. Every memory I have from my childhood involves wrestling, wrestling toys, whether it be the big rubber LJNs or, or wrestling with my wrestling buddies, you know, like that was my life. I was just always obsessed with it. And I never grew out of it, never grew out of loving wrestling, never grew out of loving the action figures. Your dad was a fan though. I think he was a fan through me. He wasn't a fan. Oh. Like, yeah, he didn't like. See, I just assumed that your dad was a fan and that's kind of how it trickled down to you. But you think it's the opposite. Yeah, I think it was just something like I saw on TV like one day and just liked as a kid. And you've got, there's three of you, three brothers in your your house. So did you all three love wrestling equally? I I mean, I was always the one obviously who loved it the most, but there was definitely a time where I think we all loved it a lot. And then, you know, eventually we would backyard wrestle in high school. Don't try this at home, but we did. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I, I was the booker man, uh, the promoter. Uh, but they also wrestled. Oh, so so you were like the booker that puts himself over. Well, you know, I started as champion just to, uh, ah! but then I put the other guys over to give them credibility. Right, right. <laughs> and then my right, little right. little and brother then didn't was you a end as the champ. Well, it's like a storybook ending, of course. Yeah, yeah two-time yeah. WTW champion. And were your brothers in WTW? Yeah, one was you know my rival, my heated rival, and then one was much younger, so he was the referee. How do they feel about you being a wrestler? They're super supportive. Uh, Always have been, you know, um, they didn't follow it themselves, but it wasn't like their ultimate dream, you know, but they, every time there's like a local show, they go, they, they watch my stuff. They listen to the, the major recipe podcast, even though they don't collect. So right. they definitely support. So fast forward to a couple of years ago and you moved from, you're originally from Long Island, New York. Yep. And you moved to Orlando, Florida. That's right. What made you want to move? I just wanted to change. I wanted to live in the nice weather. It was a lot cheaper to buy a house in Florida than New York. But you were moving somewhere so far away from your family. And you obviously have li- like, you're like an Italian New York family. You guys are all close. Yeah. But it's not like Sopranos or anything like that. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, <laughs> it kind of is the plan you was very close. Yeah. But the plan was like, I'd, I'd go home like a couple times a, uh, a year, no, a month really like at least split it. But then like the, once I got down here, I just, I just loved it. I loved you know, I, I lived in an apartment. It sucked. It was so small. Right. I didn't have room to display my collection, you know, but now right. I, had, I had a toy room and I had a nice big couch and a backyard with a pool. And like, I'm not, I'm not leaving. So I go home now a couple Ooh, times a year. Two, two, two yeah, year own horn, backyard right. with a pool. That's right. It's a nice pool. <laughs> Everybody's seen it because of social media. Even <laughs> WWE wanted to use it that one time. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, they did. That was so awkward. Oh my gosh. 
Okay, so you move down and you meet the love of your life. You? Ah, no, yes, that is you? true. Yes, I, yes, that's and that was another reason why I, you know we met as I moved down there or down here. So it was kind of like perfect timing, and it really made me enjoy my stay here. Because when I first moved down, I didn't really know anybody. Yes, there are a lot of wrestlers who live here, but well, you you knew a couple people. Yeah, but yeah, but I don't want to hang out. Nothing. You had an ex girlfriend or or something like that down here. So listen, you were fine at the time. I was just down here. I didn't have much furniture in the house. I had like pay per view chairs, a TV. Okay, but also, I feel like a lot of people don't know you moved, and and I'm gonna get the timeline wrong. But you blew your knee out and moved, or you moved and then went on the road and blew your knee out right around? I think I moved to Florida like the first week of December Mm -hmm. and then like needed knee surgery like the second week of December. Oh my God. So I was just, I'm like, oh, I'll just be in Florida a couple days a week. No, seven days a week. It was kind of, it was miserable until I met you, babe. Oh, but at that time, were you a hype bro or were you not? Well, I thought that was going to be the end of it, but yes, I was. You were a hype bro. So yeah. Mojo was at, like, your Mojo lived here. Yeah, and Mojo helped me like move in stuff because I had one leg. So he helped out big time. Wow. You came home off the road after blowing your knee out and you were in a brand new house. I'm sure you didn't have anything here. I did not. And they were still doing like finishing construction. So like they were doing work and stuff and like redoing the floors. And, and so like I couldn't even get furniture and stuff yet. That's why I had the pay-per-view chairs. And you couldn't get up the stairs or could you? No, I could. I could. It wasn't a good time. <laughs> uh, but that's okay because you met me. That's true. Um, so- and then you, you conned me into, into dating you by lying and saying you love theme parks when you, you like theme parks. Okay. First of all, I feel like if you read you, we met because you slid into my DMs, right? Well, true I or mean, false, you yeah, slid into my DMs. I was kind of you know giving a little heads up like, hey, maybe you should. Slide okay, into her first DMs. of all, yes, you slid into my DMs and it was late nights. You slid in at like two in the morning, I'm pretty sure. So you were out with Cody and Brandy. I was, yeah. And I'll tell you something, which I've, I've probably told you this, but I felt like that whole week, Cody and Brandy had left WWE. This was their first kind of like hurrah on the indies. And they came to Impact and they were doing, I think, a week long set of tapings at Impact. And that's when I first met them. I obviously didn't really know Cody, but Brandy was in the locker room. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, Mackenzie Mitchell and I kind of like tried to take her under our wing and and hang out with her a bit. Because it's awkward being in a locker room for the first time alone, especially, I think, especially after you've been used to something like WWE, because everything else is so different. Well, now you're experiencing this. It's so different than WWE. It's very like, you, you might be uptight when you walk in, but like, it's so relaxed. It's just like a whole different atmosphere. So I felt like that whole week, she kept asking me about being single and like planting seeds. And I remember in the makeup chair, two days in a row, she brought up this guy named Zack Ryder. And I was like, obviously, you know, I don't know wrestling. So like, I didn't know right. who that was. But wait, you you told me that you were- Wait, wait, okay, okay. wait. So then I went home and I did a little recon and I- Looked you up on Facebook. I looked you up on your ex's Facebook. I looked up your Instagram. I looked up your ex's Instagram. Crazy bitch. I Googled you. I Wikipedia'd you. And I had already, I realized when she said that, that I was already following you on Twitter. So I unfollowed because I got the vibe that she was possibly trying to plant the seed about the Zack Ryder guy. Mm. And so I unfollowed because I didn't want to look like I was a fangirl. And, uh, I can picture in my head all the photos that I remember seeing of you. 
on your social media. Just so you know, it's very open to the public. Like I, I could, care. I could see, I could see like, you know, your past anyway. <laughs> um, but that was like my first memory of them kind of, or Brandy speaking about you. And then what do you know? The last day of tapings, I went home who slid into my DMs. Me, I guess. You. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to tell that story. Well, it's true. And then, you know, you, you lied and said that you. Oh, loved, that's where I was going. Yeah, you lied this. and said you loved Disney World and theme parks when you really just like kind of like them. Well, yes. But <laughs> what I wanted to say is that you slid into my DMs and I never said I am a huge diehard fan of Disney. First of all, I thought stupid me that like being a fan was like just liking Disney. I didn't realize that you're on a different level. There's many levels above me. I would like to go a couple times a month. We live here, annual pass holders. That's a lot. That's kind of once not, a week. Or Not or if you're an annual pass holder. That's what the whole point of being an annual pass holder is. You go multiple times annually. Okay. You're a pass holder. Okay. So when do you think your love of Disney started? That's kind of weird too. Cause like, yes, I love the parks, but I'm not like sitting here watching the Lion King on a Friday night. Like I don't know. Right. Not, I, I don't, feel like you're more, yeah, you're a park lover. Yeah. Not necessarily like a Disney, like have to be in the movie theater for the newest Lion King. No, absolutely not. I, I probably haven't seen the majority of Disney movies released in the past 15, 20 years. If I've got this right, I remember you saying that, that you really started to love the theme parks when you came down with a girlfriend or whatever, and you actually did it right. Like you saw- Yeah, when I realized, you know, oh, damn, like you can drink here? Like stuff like that, <laughs> which I didn't know as a kid. I, you know, my, my parents weren't feeding me margaritas at Epcot. You know, when I realized you can do that and I realized it's like really good like dining in the hotels and stuff like that, it like totally not changed my perspective because I already loved it. I loved the rides. I right. loved the attractions. But to add all those other elements to it made me love it even more. If someone was to ask what's your favorite restaurant or bar in all of the Disney parks just in Orlando, what would you say? Um, I'd probably say California Grill. It's It's on one of the it's on Disney property in one of the hotels and it like overlooks uh, the Magic Kingdom and they have a really good food. They have sushi, steak, good drinks. It's weird. Hell of a lemon drop. Me, hell of a like, lemon drop. You and I go all the time. So we're actually. Oh, we go all the time. We've been there before. Uh, yeah, we've been there a couple times. Well, I mean, sure. we've lived in Florida for five years. We've been there like four times. So I, I wouldn't say we go there all the time. Oh my God. Honestly, <laughs> you're, you're exhausting. Okay. It's ridiculous. Like, I think we go and do Disney quite a bit. And actually, I think we do parks enough where hello we have a podcast together that's about right it. where we argue the entire time just like now major land pod that's right do you think we're arguing right now no we're not arguing i'm kidding here's the thing i think it's really hard to work with your partner like we live together we do the same profession we're now podcasting and we have a podcast together you we work out together like you don't think that's hard yeah like, i don't think i could ever like ride with you like on the road what? I just don't think I could do it. If it was like a multiple day loop, like, cause I'm, I have my schedule and I, I don't know if I could, you know, do yours. Well, you know why? Cause you're stuck in your ways. You're like, you might be 36, but you're like an 86 year old man who's stuck in his well, because ways. I figure you eat at your right time. You have to eat a certain amount. I heard Ryan Myers told me that you get hangry on the road. For the majority of my adult life, I was on the road more than I was home. So I treated the road like it was my real life. So I wanted to do things my way. Right. So I didn't want to ride with someone who didn't have my schedule. 
you know, and then, you know, I found people who we could like compromise, found a good so happy who, medium. Who'd you ride with? Who had your schedule or could, I mean, I could, going uh, even like Brian Myers, I could compromise with or, or Ziggler or Ms. Morrison. And that's about it. So do you ride with one person or do you ride with a carpool? It depends on the, you know, the loop. And I, I love riding by myself with nobody. I love it. So on my own schedule. If I want to sleep in, I sleep in. If I want to wake up early, I wake up early. If I want to spend two hours in the gym, cool. Obviously, we got through the pandemic together. Sure. Like, let's just go back to, you know, month four of the pandemic. And we're stuck I, inside. This is going to sound horrible to say. I loved the pandemic because on paper, it was a horrible year for me. I, I got fired from WWE, lost my dream job, this global pandemic. We had to cancel our wedding. But I loved it because I was home every single day. I never got a vacation. I never got like a time off. I was... And I had months just off and there was right. nothing to do. I couldn't even really go anywhere because it, we were in the middle of the pandemic. So I was just sitting poolside every single eating day. Oreos. Like, no, I wouldn't even say I was like, eating I like was. shit. Like I was still like we was built a little – yeah, we built a little gym in the backyard. I absolutely loved it. And we, we took the major recipe for a podcast and we were able to you know, build on that. But what about our relationship? Do you think it got stronger during the pandemic or do you think we had a couple of um, shaky – Rocky moments. Oh, there was definitely a couple uh, rocky moments. That doesn't mean we didn't get stronger because of it. There was a, a rough patch there. Once I started kind of like opening up to my friends about the rough patch that we had during quarantine. This is my first time learning of this rough no, patch. No, no. You were in it. You were deep in it with me. So I don't know what you're pretending we didn't have a rough patch for. And I think that you'll remember me saying this to you. Um, I realized that 99.9% .9 of my friends felt the same way in their relationship. They were getting on each other's nerves, obviously, right? Like we're stuck in a house. We have how much um, prison break could we watch? Right, right. You not, know not, what I mean? We went from like seeing each other a couple of days a week to seeing each other 24 seven. You got released during the pandemic. I did. So did I. Exactly one year apart. Exactly. Congrats, babe. <laughs> so uh, what, was your, what was your initial reaction? I'm sure you've answered this question so many times, but I actually want to know personally, what was your initial reaction when you got that call? You uh, knew it was coming. Yes and no. I knew the, the releases were coming that day. And my biggest fear was that they weren't going to release me because my contract was up in August. So now this is April and I did not resign. I didn't know if I wanted to stay or go. Right. So I was like, oh my God, I hope they don't not release me and just let me rot till like August. There. Yeah. So once I saw people going, I was like, oh, please, okay. please fire me. Okay. So um, that's positive. Yeah. And like, I already had my pro wrestling tea store set up. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, losing your dream job sucks. The paycheck coming in every week and then not coming in, that, that sucked. Right. But it that's was about it, to happen for me. That's true. But it, it was time to go. Um, and, you know, ultimately the, the decision was made for me. Because and that I was, was living, a good thing. yeah. Because I was living with anxiety for over a year negotiating this new deal, and yeah. then when the decision was made for me, it's like, okay, that's it. It's made. This I is the way it was supposed to be. I felt like it was weighing on you. Oh, it like, totally. We, was. I felt like we spoke about it every time you got off the road. We like debriefed in bed and spoke about: Did you get a new deal? Did you right, not? Right, like, did right, you have right. a conversation? Did you not? That's stressful. Right. Yeah. So once like there was a weight lifted off my shoulder, and then I was like, very very excited to go out and wrestle. But the thing is, like we were living this pandemic. 
yes, there were a couple right. indies, but it wasn't like the safest and they weren't like, you know. And there, I mean, there really wasn't. There was a couple and then they shut down. Yeah, right. It's like, right. it's so unsafe to be doing that. Sure. And really, they're only just opening up now, right. about I know. a year yeah. after. Right. So right now it's like every weekend this summer, I'm booked doing something. So Okay. So how are you feeling now that it's been a year? Are you feeling positive about it? Are you happy about it? Do you think It was the best thing that ever happened to me. 100%. I definitely agree with you because I know what you were feeling personally. And I, I, I know the conversations that you had or didn't have, but I feel like a lot of people are um, thinking the opposite. It wasn't your time to go because they feel like you, you were given like little bones, you were thrown little bones. You were, you never actually fully got to experience like so many different things in WWE, but you don't feel that way. Uh, I mean, I disagree. Listen, I mean, you can't, be undefeated and champion. It's just yeah. not realistic. You know, everyone has a different role. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be given opportunities. And, you know, I use the catchphrase always ready. And it's not just a catchphrase. It's, it's how I, you know, live my life and my career because you have to be ready for any moment because the opportunities I got kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Uh, you know, whether it be from me doing a YouTube show or, you know, me getting in better shape or whatever. If you want something bad enough, you got to, you just got to always be ready. I like to use it too. Well, there's only so many things you can control, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, trust me, if you go back to like 2012, wait, 2013. Wait, wait, go back to that. Break it down because I love when you tell well, me Well, let me, let me get there. So like, if you go down, you know, if you go back to like 2012, 2013, I am certain you will find some passive aggressive, right. negative, bitter tweets from me Right. Uh, when my whole YouTube thing fell apart. But at the end of the day, complaining on social media or complaining at home or to people at work, it's, it's probably not going to change your spot and it's not going to make you any happier. So I, I finally made the realization there's only a couple of things you can control in wrestling. It's like your gear. You know, nobody can say don't have good gear, right? So I always yeah. made sure I had like great looking gear, like pay-per-view worthy gear, whether I was getting squashed on raw or whatever, your physique. No one's yeah. going to tell you you can't work out, you can't eat, right? So I always made sure I was in the best shape, got myself in better shape. And then your attitude. No one is going to say you can't be happy, you can't be positive, you can't be in a good mood. So once I realized like, okay, these are things I control, bust my ass at those three things, which may sound silly, but like you can't control anything else. Once you told me that, it definitely gave me like a new perspective. Like, okay, I can show up to work all the time. I might not get booked, but like... I can show up looking good. I can show up like the hottest I've ever looked or I can show up the happiest I've ever looked. Right. And then if you get an opportunity, you have to be always ready for it, whether it be three minutes on Raw with no entrance or a two-seg match or something. You have to be ready for anything that they throw at you. I want to ask you kind of a negative question. Okay. But like what a negative Nancy for me to ask this, but is there something in your career literally it could be like the shot classes that you made but is Those there something <laughs> okay but is there something that you have attempted and you have just crashed and burned failed when i was starting that youtube show like a decade ago there's a spin-off podcast mc true long island story uh <laughs> but anyway like everything i was doing was working everything all my ideas were, were, were working so i had this giant ridiculous idea that I would challenge or, or Ziggler would challenge me or I would challenge him, whatever, on my YouTube show 
and set up a match for the next year's WrestleMania, which was going to be in New York, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, and we got these stickers made up, like these yin yang stickers, like DZ oh, that's versus where ZR. Come from pink yeah. and purple, yeah. yin yang sticker. Yeah. I love and like those. I thought, like, oh my god, it's going to be like because that those obey stickers were a big thing at, this, at the time, where people would just put it. It was almost stickers like graffiti on water bottles, stickers on like stop signs. Right. Well, yeah. right. <laughs> at one point, I thought like I could get a helicopter and drop them over like New York City, like ridiculous things. <laughs> Turned out that. The, <laughs> What ended up happening, uh, Ziggler did wrestle at that WrestleMania, but I wasn't booked and I watched it from Mrs. Family's press box. So uh, that idea didn't work out. I spent like $20,000 on goddamn stickers. No, you didn't. And I still have some. You do. You still have the stickers because I had one. I still have some stickers. We've since gotten rid of them, but yeah. Okay, I They're love They're a collector's that. item now. No, I love that. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, and I didn't know that. I wondered where those stickers came from, but like I thought I was just like, again – I didn't know my um, wrestling. I thought maybe you guys tagged and I just had no idea. No, no, no. We were supposed to have this big match. Wow. Didn't happen. One of the things that I love about betting my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. Now, what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is that you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. It's called the same game parlay bet. You can only find them on FanDuel. Now, same game parlay is just one of the reasons that I bet with FanDuel. Other reasons include, but are not limited to, the fact that it is so easy to use. It's easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. Also, the fast withdrawals. I want my money and I want it quickly. When you win, FanDuel pays your winnings in as little as 24 hours. You win, you get paid, it all happens real quick, and you are sitting pretty. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and create a same-game parlay and use the promo code Renee at the sign-up. New users get their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. And FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. That is promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, it's 21 and plus present Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, or Virginia. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, and 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and Virginia. I have some fan questions. Okay. I obviously vetted them and chose the ones. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Wanted to know. I wanted to get some like juicy details. You know what I mean? Some clickbait stuff. If the dirt sheets want to write, Chelsea Green hosted the best oral sessions podcast. I wouldn't (laughs) hate it. Okay. Um, All right. Dumbest thing you've ever done on a date. I don't know. Not really. I mean, our first date. I was so excited to go. I was such in a rush that I forgot to wear my knee brace. Yeah. So I was like, it was fine because I met you in there. It was the fine w- because I walked in and you were right there. But on the way out, I had to like limp out. Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously, I'll never forget this because Santana. Well, first of all, I wanted to go out afterwards to get a drink somewhere. And you, you made up this excuse that you need to return something at Walmart. A turkey baster. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay. First of all, I was sick. And I know you don't, I know you think I'm lying because well, I tried you, to get well, out of it. You tried getting out of multiple dates and then I was persistent. Babe, I love you so much for that. You were persistent. And then that day I tried to get it. You started at eight and then I asked for seven and then I asked for six. And then I was like, okay, can we just do it at 
four, you were like, no, it's five or nothing. I was like, oh shit, he's laying down the law. So then I- I think it was a little later than that, but you wanted like some afternoon thing. I was like, no. Yeah. I was definitely like trying to get out of it, but I also was sick that day. So Santana had planned, like, she was like, when things are wrapping up, you know, I'll pick you up and then we'll go return. Because you were living on her couch, right? I saved you. Look at this beautiful home that I've I've got for you. Okay. First of all, you didn't save me. I had a bedroom. I paid for rent in that apartment. I'm pretty sure you lived on a couch. Okay. <laughs> I had a blow-up mattress. Did oh, I there have, we go. So it went, from, it, went, it went from a bed to a blow-up mattress. <laughs> because I also had a place in Canada and had all my stuff and my car in gotcha, Canada. Gotcha, gotcha. And you know this. I'm just having to tell the people sure. because they think I'm some homeless person. You saved me. So mm. I'm not some stray dog. So- I went on the date and Santana picked me up after, you know, to return the turkey baster. Yeah. You wanted to go out for drinks, but I was like, I had to go to an indie show the next day. I had to go to Pittsburgh to wrestle Brit. That was the first time I ever met Britt Baker. So Santana and I got in the car to, we, we said our goodbyes. We did not kiss. We did not kiss. We no. just hugged. Mm. I got in the car with Santana and we watched you hobble yeah. all the way to your car, all the way. It was pretty embarrassing. Oh but- my God. Through the parking lot <laughs> of the Publix and Santana, I'll never forget. Santana was like, Oh my God, poor guy. Like, do we need to ask him for a ride? And I was like, I think that's more embarrassing. Like, yeah, it would have been right. I think been. it's just better if we let you hobble. I don't even remember what the question was. The dumbest thing you've ever done on a date. That was it. Yeah. 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 So nothing else. You never got like too drunk on a date or. Mm, no, not that I can recall. Really? I'm a good date. Next question. I actually really wanted to know this. What is the most infuriating thing I do, but something you can, like I can get away with? It's like kind of cute or whatever. I mean, I think there's definitely some things that we both do that get under each other's skin. No, go ahead. List them off because trust me, I, I, I've thought about this. It kind of pisses me off when you empty the garbage and don't put a new bag in. <laughs> Rule number one. Remember yeah. you told me that was one yeah. of the rules. No, that's so. Oh, here's another thing. Oh. Like it's oh, nice okay. that you do the laundry, but I hate <laughs> when you just do load after load and just throw the clean clothes on the floor and these crumpled up fucking balls. And then my shirts are all, all wrinkled and I have to wash them again. Like there's a big fucking pile upstairs. Like just uh-huh. if you're going to do it, do it right. I know you hate that. Because I have to redo it. I know you hate that. And then the cat's crawling it. You don't. One time a cat shit in it. Like I don't want to deal with that. Okay. First of all, ew. And second of all, you don't redo it. Like that's why I do it. So I can do it all at one time. I put on and a And then your clothes smell. It's oh. They actually smell when I do the opposite. When I put them in the dryer and then I try to leave them in the dryer and then all the stuff is in the wash. So that's what I'm trying to avoid. We'll just do one load at a time. Easy for you to say because you are the one that comes home on a Sunday or Monday with like three suitcases full of stuff and you throw it all in the room and we got to wash it. That's why there's three loads of time. Trust me. It's not my workout stuff. Um, I I have the hiccups now. I'm trying to. That's not very professional. I know. I, I know. This is not <laughs> the way I imagine this interview going. Um, I was trying to think about like what are some things that I can't stand that are infuriating. There's probably not many. We don't have to talk about it here. I'll bring up one only because you did it like ten times today. Something happens in the house. Like I could be anywhere. I could be right beside you. I could be <laughs> upstairs, and you go, Fuck! or you go. Yeah, they're gonna have to do a long beep for that one. I think you can curse on this show. I don't or, know. Actually. Or you go. 
Jelson! Like when the dog escaped the other day and I was literally in the bathroom washing my face mid face wash and I hear you screaming. Because I need help. I need (laughs) need help fighting this little guy. It's like, (laughs) it's so dramatic. Okay. And ridiculous. Okay, we'll move on. Okay. Ooh, this is, I mean, this, a, a couple more just passed in my head. But no, 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 it's okay. We don't need to. <laughs> uh, this isn't therapy. Okay, this is kind of a negative Nancy question as well, but I thought I would ask you, I'm curious what you're going to say. I have something in mind for your answer, but I'm curious. Um, what is your worst childhood memory? Christmas 1995. Oh my God. Yeah. There was just one thing I wanted. It was a Hasbro oh, one, two, three Jesus kid Christ. figure. Really? That's the worst yeah, memory. And, and it's the only guy I needed in my collection. And I thought I saw what was the shape of him wrapped up. So I, I, I saved the best for last. And I opened up some great gifts, you know, a couple of shitty things like socks and clothes, but I probably opened a couple of video games, maybe a, a Green Day CD. I don't know. I saved this, what I think is the Hasbro one, two, three kid figure for last <laughs> to complete the set, you know? And I opened it up and it's a, uh, a San Francisco toy maker's WCW <laughs> Jimmy Hart. And it's just like, what? Like, yeah, I need a Jimmy Hart, but like, fuck, I want a one, two, three kid. And uh, I was devastated and I didn't get him till 1998. You he was, bought it for yourself. It was my first ever eBay purchase. I saved up, uh, saved up those, those beer cans and soda cans with the Coinstar. Uh, really? Oh yeah. And this is before PayPal. You had to go to 7-Eleven, get a money order. Really? And, and mail it in. God, you're old. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so I kept that figure in the package for years. And I just got it signed by X-Pac, uh, Sean Waltman, one of the kid at, at WrestleCon this year. So, And I have it on display wow. in my collection. So yeah. So I thought you were going to say maybe like, I don't know, when your dog died or something. Like, hello? My dog didn't die when I was a kid. So no. Wow, you had a pretty good childhood if that's your worst well, I mean, memory. I did have cancer and I beat that, but having not getting the one two three kid was was more devastating. Yeah, honestly, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I seriously I thought that you weren't gonna say that, but I was like, well, I, maybe I, we're you not, will. yeah, we're not talking about what's there to talk about. But still, a lot of people don't know that about you. That's a big chunk of who you are. It doesn't I don't think it is who I am. No, it is. It 100% is. It's not saying like, I am the way I am because I had cancer. But that's a huge part of your life, Matt. I guess I don't look at it that way. That's so crazy to me. Not that I'm- You just, you don't talk about it. I think I found out the first time through um, Wikipedia. I think it was on I mean, Wikipedia listen, page. It happened and it sucked and I beat it. And, you know, I'm obviously I'm happy I beat it. Right. But it's not something I kind of- you know, dwell on, you know, okay, it was a, it was a great. rough time. It, it absolutely sucked. I almost died a couple of times and it was very, very serious. What kind was it again? It was like, it started in my foot. Then it went to my lungs and it was in both lungs and it, I had the chemo, the surgeries, right. all that stuff. And you lost your hair. Well, yes. Did you lose uh, your eyebrows? Not really actually, but this is a funny story actually. So like I knew my hair was going to come out. Right. So I like buzzed it on like a lot, like a, maybe like a, like a one or a two. And then I could tell that it was like, coming out like in patches. So I took uh, duct tape and I put it on my head and it, it was just like, it just peeled the hair off. You know, oh, cause, cause and it, it came easy I look, like Yeah, that. I look like Austin with no oh. beard. <laughs> Did anyone else in your family shave their head? No. You were alone in the journey? Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect anyone else to. Yeah, yeah I love you. Okay, that's a little weird. Hi, <laughs> hey, I'm not allowed to say I love no, you. You can, say it when the mic's not on. <laughs> no, I just say I love you on camera. No, I'm saying you should also say it when we're not. Oh, 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 we're going back to therapy. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. 
Last question, but it's not the last question. I actually, now I'm thinking of a couple more. You know what okay. I mean? What is your favorite uh, Canadian thing? You. Oh, that easy. That was so nice. Thanks, babe. <laughs> Can I say I love you now? Sure. Love you, babe. All right. I love you too. So I've got rapid fire and then you're off the hook. Good, babe. Let's go. Let's do it. Pineapple on a pizza. Yes or no? I could eat it, but not my thing. Favorite spot to eat in New York? There's this like deli called My Hero. I knew you were going to say that. Chicken cutlet, a little bacon, a little cheese, not melted, less tomato and a nice, yeah, that's probably my go-to, my number one. What's your order at, at Starbucks? Like a venti black coffee or the cold brew. Ooh, black. Or, or if I'm having breakfast, the egg bites and oatmeal. Favorite TV show at the moment? But someone to watch on Netflix, Dynasty? Dynasty. It's so bad that don't, it's good. No, honestly, do no, not, I, no, don't throw shade because I literally I do am like obsessed. It. I do like it. And the main actress, um, Elizabeth, I think it's Gillies. I can't stop looking at her. I'm YouTubing her. Mm. I'm Instagramming her. I'm obsessed. Like I just find it so interesting what these actors do in their personal life. I don't know why I get so obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite TV show of all time? Friends or Saved by the Bell? That was what we had our first kiss to, Friends. That's right. And it went like three times saying, are you still watching? <laughs> you still didn't kiss me. And I was like, holy shit, come on. And then finally, I think on like the third time are you still watching this we kiss something like that that's sure. what netflix is for netflix and jill right yeah netflix and, and kiss the love of your life so tell people where they can find you social media at the matt cardona at major WPod at major pod there's so there's two big things to plug you I'll, plug I'll yourself plug you plug yeah, your stuff I'll plug some you guys can find me at oh see now that's a problem for me too because i have a bunch but i will say i have a podcast at green wnv pod matt and i have a joint podcast at majorland pod you guys can listen to those on all digital streaming platforms what else what do i need to say youtube i need to plug where you can get oral sessions spotify stitcher and that's why I, honestly no, that's why I, this is why that's why you need me this is why i have you <laughs> um yeah go listen to oral sessions the show that we're on babe I know. Now leave me. Go listen to Oral Sessions on all digital streaming platforms and YouTube. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.